Metricast. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to the Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by the Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical businesses and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. My next guest was recommended to me by an industry colleague, and I can definitely see why. She's a breath of fresh air who inspired me from the minute we started connecting and made me realise I had found my tribe. Her passion for all things ethically conscious is infectious, and she certainly left me ready to take on the world. She's an advocate for aligning careers with purpose, conscious living, and the role of business as a vehicle for social change. She's a career recruiter, networking enthusiast, and her commitment to B Corp certification is incredible and a great example and legacy for any founder to set. She also stands alongside the Hunger Project team as a partner in ending systemic intergenerational hunger. Emily Hayden is the founder of the Talent Connective, a certified B Corp and boutique recruitment agency based in Brisbane with recruitment specialisation in digital, marketing and technology. Since its inception, the Talent Connective has pledged a minimum of 10% of total annual revenue to the Hunger Project and has had the privilege of witnessing their impact firsthand in Uganda in 2018. Welcome, Emily, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I'm so glad you could join me tonight. Now, um, tell us, who is Emily Hayden? Oh, this is such a difficult question. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm going to give you a very typical answer and say the standard, I'm a wife, I'm a mum. But, I, you know, I think more than that I would say, you know, I'm a seeker, I'm an optimist, I'm a philanthropist. I'm a mixed bag of everything like most people and incredibly ordinary all at the same time. Yeah. Um, And so what is your mission? What is it you do? Um, So I I run a recruitment practice called the Talent Connective and the business is set up as a a vehicle for social enterprise and and reinvest back into communities in India and Africa and Bangladesh through the Hunger Project. Uh, and over the time that I run this business, I have a, a very big, hairy, audacious goal, and that is to raise and invest $1 million in social causes over the time that I run the business. Oh, my God. I love it. Love it. <laughs> it's almost a little bit too scary to say out loud, but the, if I'm very honest, that is the mission. <laughs> um, so how's it going, like, so far? It's been a very beautiful start. Yeah. Um, I So since commencing just over 18 months ago, uh, so far we've invested uh, just over $68,000 uh, 
into um, social causes and environmental causes. Predominantly, the uh, the lion's share of that goes to the Hunger Project. Yep. Um, and then um, some remainder back into environmental protection and um, uh, regeneration. That's so, that's an amazing impact right there. You know, when you say it out loud and you go, okay, so we just started a business, that's pretty good. When you think of it in the context of wanting to do a million, it feels very small. I know. <laughs> so it's all about the lens that you look through, I think. Yeah. That, I mean, you've got to be proud of that. No, yeah, pat yourself on the back for that one. Um, so you. you're the founder of the Talent uh, Connective. Um, can you tell us um, what it is um, that you do in that and how you give back um, to the Hunger Project? Absolutely. Um, so the Talent Connective is, is in essence, a, a boutique recruitment firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it specialises in um, mostly digital and, and marketing recruitment, in particular in southeast Queensland. Yep. Um, and, you know, to a candidate, we're a completely free service. Uh, to a client or to an organisation, we invoice um, like any other recruitment agency, the difference is, is where that funding goes. So yep. a minimum of 10% of our invoices goes directly to the Hunger Project uh, and then we also do a further 1% to environmental causes as part of 1% for the planet. That's got to be attractive to employers who use you as a, an agency. Do you know, it's actually, um, I, I heard it summed up by Leanne Kemp very beautifully a couple of weeks ago mm. and, um, you know, her take was it's about, you know, the value that you provide as well as the values. So, it, you know, it's not enough just to be a good business. Mm. You've also got to deliver mm. uh, and it's not enough to deliver. There's also got to be something, you know, tied into those two. So um, the balance and the beauty in, in getting that right is, you know, it's a delicate dance. Um, but I think, you know, I don't think it's the reason that people choose to work with the Talent Connective, mm. but I do think it's part of the reason they stay. Well, I think the other thing is, that, and I've noticed, that you have some pretty rad jobs on, on your books, just saying. Yeah, we do. The um, I, I think that's for two reasons. So yeah. one is um, I'm very particular about the organisations that we work with mm-hmm. um, because I genuinely believe that it doesn't matter what you do, there's an opportunity for that to be a mission or a calling, not just a job. You know, every job is incredibly meaningful if you're allowed to be and if you're uh, working in alignment with what you would like to do. What I don't want to then do is is take people out of jobs that they, you know, when they're ready for a change and move them into something that is so far from where they'd like to be. So I I want to ensure that people are in very good hands and that it is what they think it's going to be when they start. So I'm very particular about the organisations that we work with and the leaders that we will place people under. Oh, and I love that because I know I've had a lot of experiences with uh, recruitment agencies and they, they you're just a number, you're just filling a spot and as long as they get paid, that's all they care about. So I love they actually give a damn about, you know, the, the person who's being recruited as well. You know, actually, I think part of the challenge is and recruitment agencies as well as employers have had a very big hand in commoditizing one of the biggest or, you know, what should be one of the most meaningful components of people's lives outside of our family mm. and our social connection. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think I don't think agencies did it by themselves. I, you know, I think employers have also yeah. had a very big hand in that. Uh, but I think one of the challenges with the agency model um, is that we measure... Um, 
you know, I, I think the KPIs are focused almost always on the mechanics and not the outcome. Mm. So if, if you stop thinking about, okay, how many calls have we made, how many people have we prospected, all those types of things, and just focus on how much joy is in the pitch in somebody's voice when they are offered the job, yep. then you have done the right thing. Yeah. And I know that's very difficult for organisations to scale, yep. but I, not all organisations are created the same. No, <laughs> they aren't. I know that. <laughs> oh, I just lit up when you said that because that just it fills me with joy hearing it. Like that is amazing. Thank you. Um, now, you're also a certified B Corp. Can you explain what that is and uh, what it means to your business? I um, So the, the B Corp certification um, is a, a global standard actually that stems from the U.S., uh, and it's a it's a measurement tool by a third party that essentially says this is a business for good or a business for a purpose other than commercial profit. Yep. Um, in a lot of countries around the world, it is a legal governed um, a legal a legal organisation system. So mm-hmm. um, if the CEO was to change or the you know or the board was to move on, uh, whoever was to purchase that business or would to come into the seat would still be bound legally. Uh, to maintain the business as a business for good. Um, in Australia, it's not as legally binding, but I do believe we're moving in that direction and I think there is a big call amongst B Corps to have that uh, put in place. Um, I, I had two objectives in wanting to become B Corp certified. The first was uh, to be aligned with other businesses who believe in um, having a purpose, mm-hmm. uh, not just a commercial outcome, um, and believe in, in business as a force for good. Um, the other was to have some certification that says we're not greenwashing, you know. So mm. it, it's I think there are too many companies that, um, you know, have been greenwashing for so long and, and you don't want to be caught up in in being perceived or in other people's charity fatigue or, you know, there, there's lots of those. So yeah. that was certainly a big part of it. Um one of the things I would say, though, is that I definitely love both of those components. Mm-hmm. The other piece, though, is that because the practice of getting certified is so stringent, you end up in the end with a far better business mm. than what you started and what you thought possible. So it's been a real gift, actually, the certification process. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going through it at the moment and it is full on. Um, so it's making me look at things and go, oh, I've got to do that and I've got to do this. And it, and it just makes you have some governance and structure around, you know, if, if I have these values and I believe in these things, then this is how I've got to do my business other than, yeah, giving something back and making less of an impact on the environment and, yeah. you know, all those kind of things. It's like, wow, <laughs> it is huge. Yeah, mm. it's actually, um, I, you know, I think a lot of good businesses probably have one or two key areas that you're very strong in. Um, for the Talent Connective, mm. that was around social giving and contribution yeah. um, and other areas where, you know, I kind of thought we would be okay in um, and to be fair, we were okay or we got a mediocre score initially. Yeah. Um, but in the process of going through and looking at that, I'm so proud of only just being certified a few months in, how much change or how much impact actually, because you, you're thinking changes, yeah. you know, throughout that process and your standards change. Yeah. Um, and so already we're, you know, we, we were already very strong in um, social contribution now the business is carbon neutral um, wow. and runs on solar and renewable energies and 
um, invest in environmental causes and, um, you know, has had so many flow-on effects just from going through that process and continuing to grow and recognising that even how much further we've come in such a short period of time, knowing there's so much further to go. There's always yeah. another level, isn't there? Yeah, that that is so good because, and, and you know, um, since you've had that certification, I understand there's a bit of a network of other um, organisations who also have the certification that you can, you know, um, network with. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And particularly um, in southeast Queensland, we have such a beautiful community of B Corps mm. and, and purpose-led businesses. And I think a big part of that is um, it, it's not limited only to B Corps. So, you know, they encourage anybody that's interested or is a purpose-led business to join. Mm. And it's actually through going to one of those uh, meetings that, you know, I, I kind of made an off-the-cuff comment about how difficult the certification process is and yeah. I started the paperwork and you got a little bit disheartened uh, by the breadth of it um, and was uh, encouraged by somebody there to keep going particularly early on when you're starting your business yeah. because it just gives you the opportunity um, to build those frameworks in as you go as opposed mm. to then having to go back and rework those in when you've got very, very established structures. Um, and as soon as I got that tip, I felt like, oh, no, I really am going to go through and I'll persevere and not all things are weighted equally mm. and we passed straight away. So mm. <laughs> it was actually that moment of encouragement where I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad I went. But it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. I'll, I'll finish it now, but I am. <laughs> I'm still in the, yeah. the early stages, and I'm like, oh man, this is a bit hectic. I'm, I've got a few things I need to sort out so I can answer these questions because I'm, yeah. you know, just starting out. And I, I think it's great that they do actually have a, a particular focus for startups, which is such a big growth, particularly here in Queensland. Um, I think Absolutely. that's great. Yeah, I think part of the um, I, one of the challenges that I found in the paperwork was. It's very easy when you're small, where you ha- when you haven't yet put all those processes in place, it can feel like you're hitting NA or not yet to a lot of the questions and to discount yourself um, very early on. Yeah. Um, but I would encourage you to go all the way through because not everything is weighted equally yeah. and you may just find you're already there. Well, I'll let you know when I finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so getting back um, to the Hunger Project, um, why did you choose the Hunger Project as a recipient of your Pledge of Revenue? I have so much respect for this organisation. I um, uh, had an existing relationship from a couple of years ago. I, I um, did some fundraising one year for their Unleashed movement, so there was mm-hmm. already a lot of familiarity and um, and network there. Um, but I think predominantly... The key driver for me is I I see this as uh, an investment and not as a charitable donation um, because their their model is a framework of long-term sustainable change as opposed to short-term giving or developing a reliance on charity or aid. Mm -hmm. And um, in a framework that's very well aligned to the, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation where you start predominantly with women, not always, but um, you, you can't build a community with only 50% having access to resource. Mm. And we know that when we invest in women first, the whole community prospers and it's a completely different dynamic yeah. to starting with men. And, you know, that's just where the statistics are at. Mm. Um, the other piece is around 
the very first um, step in sustainable change is a mindset shift and getting people to understand that they do have the resource to be the agent of their own change, Mm. which is incredibly, incredibly difficult when you've got a dying baby in your arms who hasn't been fed and you've got kids that are starving to death and nobody's been to school and nobody has access to anything. And so what they have been able to do for years and years and years is take very, very dire situations and remove people from a dependency from aid and see them flourish. That gets my utmost respect. Oh, wow. And that's got to be so rewarding. It is. And, you know, I'll be very honest with you. Um, I, I took a lot of their of, of the work that they do on face value based on my interaction with them. Last year I had the opportunity to travel with the team from The Hunger Project over to Uganda uh, and just get to understand their framework and methodology firsthand. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I cannot commend the work enough. Yeah, um, and so beautiful to go and visit the communities that have been working in partnership with the organisation. Yeah, and to see the results of that labour. And you also do um, quite a bit of work outside of your business with Hunger Project, don't you? I do, I do. Actually, um, shameless plug: we're having a charity event on November sixteen. If anybody would like to come, it's a uh, Rose Revolution, which is hosted by the beautiful team at Liquidity Marketing. And um, all proceeds will go to the Hunger Project. Um, but I, I have done a um, a very short stint on their development board for Queensland, and uh, and, and I, I would say the role is more of just a local advocate for people that have questions, that want advice, or you know when they need help with events, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so they get both my money and my time. Oh, you. Are- <laughs> You're amazing. Um, so just recapping that event, November 16, what's it called again? That's right. It's called Rosé Revolution mm-hmm. um, and in short we're asking you all to come and drink pink wine for charity. Oh, I am so in. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's a very, very fun event. Um, we actually we did the same event um, for the Hunger Project in 2016. So every year um, Liquidity will choose a charity of choice. I'm very fortunate that they have gone with us twice, which has been lovely. Um, and I must say it was one of the funnest days. I was so beautifully surprised by the execution and was completely blown away. And this year they've um, increased their capacity from 150 to 800. So it will be a very big day. Whoa. Yeah. Just as well because I might bring a few people with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and you had me at Rosé. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, again, back to Hunger Project. Um, what impact has your business um, made for the Hunger Project? I know you said it was $68,000. Um, um, what yep. does that look like um, in, in tangible means? Like once you put that down on yeah. the ground, what does that do? Absolutely. So um, I elect to go with what we call unrestricted giving, yep. which means that I give full power for the Hunger Project to determine um, how that money can best be spent. But an example might be, um, uh, so it would be the equivalent of a 1,000 women getting um, access to microfinance loans along with financial literacy training. Excellent. So, yeah, not just getting handed, um, you know, money without the tools to be able to manage that and to build a business and to understand how to develop that out. Um and, you know, as I mentioned, we know that when we start with women, 
the whole community flourishes. So 1,000 women ends up with many thousands of people Mm. being able to get access to food, which is amazing. Um, Another way that that money could possibly be spent is what we call um, investing in an animator network. Uh, And these are people that have gone through um, a vision commitment action Mm -hmm. workshop, have recognised that they are the agents of their own change, have started to make some changes in their community, such as start businesses, get their kids into school, start to be very prosperous, and then they start to spread the word. Um, And about $68,000 would generate about 2,000 animators, which can service a community of about 70,000 people. That's insane. Yeah. And you've just begun. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm what we call a Queensland animator. So we we go through and we tell people it's amazing and you can do it. Um, The difference is that on the ground in India or Africa or Bangladesh, these people, much like myself, are completely volunteers um, and they do it because they are so exhilarated by the feeling of being able to live a prosperous life and a joyous life Mm. that they will go Mm. and door knock and become a community advocate and tell people that I know you don't think you can do it but you can do it and Mm. I'm with you and then they bring people to other workshops and they work out their own solutions together. Beautiful. Amazing. And, you know, uh, you've mentioned a few times, you know, helping women to to get out there and actually um, make a difference. Um, I, I, as I told you off air, um, I've done a lot of work with Hot and Healthy in Business and the founder uh, always used to say to me, you know, it's, it's women who create businesses that make change. Um, you know, they're not going to go and create a business that's going to go and pollute the water. They're going to do quite the opposite. So, Women tend to have a very different mindset in their energy uh, when they when they have an approach to business and and in just general life. Um, so I think that's almost in itself another way of paying forward. It is um, it's going to turn the economy around um, and and amplify, uh, which absolutely blows my mind. Absolutely. Now you then I mean you you end up with so many beautiful cultural and. Um, social changes as well because mm. when women have access to resort to resources you see a decline in domestic violence mm. you see a decline in child marriage uh, you know they all you see um, girls staying in school longer and all of these things um, it help with other components of the world that we live in so when we keep girls in school mm. we have a you know a reduction in climate change which is a really strange yeah. it's hard to put two and two together but actually might one of the best things we can do to help the planet is to keep girls in school longer yeah and they have such great ideas too because their minds are wired a little differently but yeah, yeah. it's oh, wow the change that can be made through doing that and like yeah we're totally behind you to keep amplifying that even further because that is just going to ripple so far. Thank you. Um, So define for me what does being ethical mean to you in your business? I love that. Um, I I think everybody in their own way believes they're ethical and Mm. and I I actually believe most people are. Um, But I think most people or most of us, live with a level of unconsciousness yep. around our actions and our totally. daily lives. And I think that that living in a way that is in ethical alignment means kind of waking up and living with a sense of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, for me it's about living in alignment with my highest values 
um, or highest drivers, which are around growth and contribution. And the business has been a beautiful vehicle for both of those. And then has, um, you know, I think in going through the B Corp process has pushed me to find ways of um, demonstrating that at a higher level that uh, were not even on my radar previously. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right, you know, like it, it changes your whole mindset um, when you start to do things in, in an ethical way and actually think consciously about the way um, that you do business, that you eat, that you live, that you spend your money, um, that you make decisions, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Um, and it just like to the, the other day what I was feeding my dogs, I'm like, I probably should not be giving them this, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so just just the simple things like even what we eat, um, is that where did, where did it come from, you know, like – yeah. Thinking about those kind of things and, and actually looking also at the the purchasing decisions you make in your business and all of that kind of stuff and, and you know, even the laptop I'm sitting here in front of, like how many slaves were behind this, you know, those kind of things. It just, again, a lot of mind-blowing for me mm. tonight. But um, I think it just changes that whole mindset and the more people that we can get on that same train. That's, Absolutely. That's complete collective shift in consciousness, I think. I think we, uh, I, I believe there's a consciousness shift on so many levels, mm. increasingly all the time in terms of, you know, in, in what I do, I see more than ever people crave like meaning in their careers and they want to work on something mm. purposeful. And if you were to ask me 10 years ago, what do people want? I would say more money, change of boss and more training. And I had the same three answers over and over and over and over again, 99% of the time. And now what I hear is I need to know that what I do means something. Um, And I think, you know, we have so many beautiful advocates on a global scale now and the amplification of social media that has championed that. And, you know, certainly you know, from a, from a climate and a usage perspective, people like Greta and, uh, you know, I, th- I think people are really starting to wake up that mm. we are uh, using far more than we're giving. Yeah. I mean, how many more um, knocks on the door do we need, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes, we, we do need to wake up. Um, and, yeah, I think um, I, I was chatting um, to uh, an entrepreneur the other night and, um, we were talking about, you know, what does it mean to be ethical to people and um, and looking at things like B Corp certification and, and, and going, well, you know, um, they were actually from the beauty industry and, you know, testing on animals and things like that is still going on in 2019. Like what yes. is wrong with us, you know? It's very scary, isn't it? So um, I think um, one, of the, one of the missions or goals we have is to try and – look at a, a global kind of certification beyond B Corp certification that we can go, okay, well, this is what ethical means and this is this is how we're going to make our decisions from now on. So it's, yeah. um, it's I think the challenge though is people report what they or organisations tend to report what they would like to report. And there's a beautiful um, app, I don't know if you are on the, the Good On You app, which will tell you the, the rating of your fashion and how yep. things are made. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, even that, you know, as, as good as it is, there's so much room for improvement around, yeah. uh, you know, I think Cotton On Group still get a, a three or a four-star rating or, you know, <laughs> like, 
I don't know how fast fashion in any stretch of the imagination could rate that highly. Um, yeah, but I think people, you know, organisations re- report the pieces that they would like other people to see. Yeah, that's true too. Um, but really that comes back to integrity, doesn't it, you know? Um, and you've probably seen, um, you know, in, in your circles in networking as well that um, there, there is a shift happening, I think, like um, just in the research I did in, in setting up the agency that um, there's so many um, small to medium businesses now that are focusing on having an ethical um, change in the way they do business. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? And mm. it's so nice to be a part of. And I think, you know, now more than ever, it's easier than ever. Oh, yeah. We have so much access to so much technology and so much resource. There's really no excuse, is there? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the other big part of it is that I've noticed is innovation's a really big part of, of that change. So actually looking at the way we produce things in a, in a different way that uses less resources or is it done in a more natural way? Um, just like, you know, the way we dye fabric and things like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you definitely need to get to a B Corp meetup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am so coming once I finish this goddamn certification. <laughs> <laughs> no, come before that. Definitely come before that. All right. Um, yeah. I'm like, the, it's a very, very welcoming community and I, I'm so glad I went actually before my certification okay. came through because you get so many ideas ah. um, and you just you connect in with people who already think in alignment with the way that you think. Awesome. I'm there. I'm so in. So... <laughs> What are your future plans for paying it forward through your business? I um, it's a really good question. Um, the so my commitment to the hunger project um, is a long term commitment, and that and that will always stand. Um, I do want to ramp up my commitment in environmental sustainability and continue to ensure that uh, we remain carbon neutral and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that the footprint is minimised. I think the next question is around, um, given our access to technology and resource, is there a way to utilise the gig economy to be able to do more or, how do, you know, how do we structure the business in a way that amplifies that out? I don't have the exact answer on exactly how we'll do that, but it's certainly as soon as things quiet down, my next piece of research is how do we take what exists already and then leverage in that in something that is replicable. You know what I reckon? I reckon we need to have a hackathon. We should set up a hackathon and make that happen. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That is a beautiful idea. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I know plenty of geeks who will help. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, now, I have it on, speaking of geeks, I have it on uh, good authority that uh, you are a keynote speaker at the upcoming Something Digital. Can you uh, give I us am. any insights on what you're going to be talking about there? Because I might not be able to make it. I hope I can. I um, So I'm actually, I'm on a panel with uh, Danny Townsend from Everledger, which is a beautiful mm. business um, using technology to uh, cut out the, the blood diamond industry. So it's mm. very, very inspiring. And we're going to be talking all things talent. Uh, in particular, I'm going to be talking about what people want. Mm. Um, and, a, you know, a big part of attracting really good people, obviously, is making sure that you have a business that is attractive to the external market and, and is meeting those, uh, you know, the higher needs around what people are looking for because that has certainly changed in the last 
decade and a half that I've been doing this. That is such a great topic to talk about at a digital conference, can I just say? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I actually, I missed last year's. I, it was um, exa- it was on at the exactly same time I was in Uganda with the Hunger Project. So I'm really looking forward mm. to getting to this one. Yeah, I went last year and it was uh, like, I, it takes a lot to impress me at a digital conference and I was impressed. At the end of the day, I went, yep, these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. I look forward to it. Yeah. And and coming back to that um that passion and purpose in in recruitment and in jobs. Um I th- I think for me what I found recently was I took a job that I didn't think I normally would take and it wasn't about the money. Like I thought I needed more money, you know, I've got a mortgage all this kind of stuff and then I just went, "No, I'll make it work." And I just wanted to be happy. That's all I wanted was to be happy and have a purpose that I was making a difference. And that's completely aligned. I've found somewhere that values well-being. Um, they do a lot for the homeless, you know. So you're actually doing good while you're doing business. So Yeah, that is so beautiful to hear. Mm. I, think, um, I think a lot of us grew up hearing a dichotomy that we had to choose. Mm. Or, or hearing a lot of language around work being drudgery or this thing that we, you know, had to go and make a living you know, or living for the weekend. And yeah. I, I think we're all realising now that life is so much more meaningful than that and that we have this beautiful block of time, Monday to Friday or, you know, whatever kind of days you're working, where you could be using that to feed the soul and it doesn't need to be at the detriment of your wallet. Mm. And I think when you find that sweet spot, your stress is gone, you're so much happier and you you just light up. It's like a completely different and everything just flows, everything's just easy. So, yeah, I think when you can find that and, I, and you probably see that a lot when you recruit people into, into their dream jobs, um, how it reflects back at you. I Yeah, I, I so agree and I think you use um, the word flow so beautifully there mm. and that is exactly what it is. Mm. I think when you are living and working in alignment with what it is that you really want and need, life gets significantly easier. Yeah. Yes. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how can people support the greater good um, and get involved with the Talent Connective? Um. That is a really good question. So um, the, the challenge there is, you know, we, we're not a charitable organisation, so it, it's not something that you can um, donate to or help in that regard. Um, but I would say if you are looking for a recruitment agent, maybe take into consideration, um, you know, what it is that we offer. Um, the other piece that I would say is um, you, you are helping the mission of the Talent Connective if you are choosing consciously in any purchasing decision or partnership decision that you make. Mm. Um, you know, we're all in this together. My service is helping people find their career. If you would like help in that, by all means, reach out. Um, the, but I, you know, I would say we're all trekking towards the same journey. If you're making conscious decisions in where you spend your time, your money, your resources, that's all helpful. Yeah. And, of course, you know, getting involved with the Hunger Project and, and your other um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would help. I am biased. They are organisations I like. <laughs> so um, I'm going to ask this of all our guests uh, on the ethical evolution. What is the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? 
think the number one answer there needs to be on climate action. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> I, um, and in and in terms of how we bring that to life, I think the first part is probably you know some self reflection and honesty. And I think all of us can can do a little bit more in that regard. I think um, there's a beautiful quote actually around you know probably the biggest problem in the world is that we all think that somebody else is going to solve it. Um, and um, there's so much that we can all do in terms of just getting one percent better each and every time, like buy a compost bin, yeah, cycle to work, work from home, don't commute in, mm. um, you switch to solar, switch to a power company that um, is is backed by renewable energies, and mm. um, you know offset your travel with um, uh, the carbon offsets. Um, carbon offsets. Yeah, carbon yeah. offset, that's right. So there's always something you can do. And that's it. And it, it just takes like that 1% to be amplified and that collective change. I keep going back to collective change. That's what has to happen here. Um, but I was just saying to someone earlier today, um, look at the mindset shift we've had already when it comes to plastic bags in supermarkets. Look at yeah. the shift we've had around coffee cups and taking your keep cup to the fact where you actually get your coffee cheaper if you take your cup. Do that, guys. You save yourself money on your coffee and you don't feel so guilty for wasting money on coffee. Um, and also, um, you know, just things like um, plastic water bottles, not using plastic water bottles yeah. anymore. Um, those little shifts in mindset have already made large change just here in Queensland. So if we can do a little bit more every day... Where we could be. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. And you're so right. There's there's so much that's changed already. Mm. Even um, you know, I'm embarrassed by how long it took us to switch from, you know, remembering to take um, reusable bags or things like you know, we've all been guilty. I'm certainly no saint, but mm. I think you know what you start to get is this propelling of decision once you see things in small components of your life it mm. tends to show up in other areas that then become so obvious yeah you know and it starts to get easier to make conscious decisions mm. well I'm doing the coffee cup thing because um I'm saving money in doing it and I just went well Absolutely. that just makes sense don't be lazy take your bloody cup <laughs> yeah <laughs> Look, I have to thank you, Emily. You have been amazing um, for joining me on The Ethical Evolution. And um, if people want to find out more about you and what you do and The Talent Connective, how can they do that? Um, We are online at thetalentconnective.com and you also find us uh, on Instagram and Facebook under the same name. Um, and most people, uh, I'm sure locally in this space, we're probably connected on LinkedIn. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, um, but by all means, if you have any questions, particularly around um, any of the processes that we've implemented um, to change our carbon footprint or, or any of those, I'm like, by all means, please reach out. Every little bit is helpful. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. And your socials are amazing. I'm following you and I'm loving it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, then visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate.
Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.